Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. So, do you want marketing made simple? Shopify removes the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze all your online marketing campaigns. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com income now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com income. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome to StageCraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars, creators, and industry leaders keeping theater alive, and bringing performances to your screens during the pandemic. On Broadway, on Netflix, and around the world. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of StageCraft, I'm talking to the director and choreographer, Kenny Ortega. If you're a millennial or Gen Z theater fan, there's a decent chance you had your love of the stage sparked, or at least cemented, by Kenny Ortega. He was the director-choreographer of the first three wildly popular high school musical movies, and he's made a career of bringing memorable musical and dance moments to the screen. He choreographed the films Dirty Dancing, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Xanadu, and his directorial debut was Newsies, the 1992 cult favorite that inspired the successful Broadway musical. He's also directed concert tours and films for people like Cher and Michael Jackson. Next up for him is a new musical series on Netflix, Julie and the Phantoms, based on a Brazilian series about a teen girl who starts a band with three ghosts. Ortega is in the virtual studio with me to talk about his philosophy of shooting song and dance for screens and offered some advice to theater artists migrating to digital screens during the pandemic. Hi, Kenny. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Gordon. Great to be here. One of the things that I feel like a lot of theater people might not know about you since you've worked in film and TV for so long is that you started out on stage. You were a performer in touring productions of Oliver and Hare, and then you sort of transitioned into concerts, it seems like, and then you made the move to screen. Through all that, was screen work something that always interested you? Yes, and and I'll tell you, you know, when I saw West Side Story at the drive-in movie theater with my parents we were all the kids we were all packed into the car 
Uh, that really was life changing for me. Uh, they kicked me out of the car and I had to stand outside the car and listen to, to the movie in the box because I couldn't sit still. <laughs> and, and I was already engaged in theater, you know, uh, um, from a young age. So, you know, that really sort of pointed me, in, in, you know, into a place where, where I, I'd hoped that my life would, you know, involve me in both film and theater. Right. And first of all, for how did your work in theater serve you as you started to move into uh, dances for concerts? Like what's theatrical about a good dance in a pop concert? Well, you know, the first concerts that I did as a director choreographer were, the, were, were with a rock and roll group out of Phoenix, Arizona called The Tubes. Yeah. And they had employed me because they were really doing theater mm. and really, you know, fantastic, uh, uh, wildly imagined theater. And, and they were getting hurt and none of them had theater backgrounds. Uh, and they, they'd heard, they saw me dancing one night in a club in, in San Francisco and, and they looked in on me and they'd heard that I was a theater guy. And they, 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 they came up to me and said, would you come and check out what it is that we do? We're looking for someone that can help us. And I fell in love and ran away and joined the circus. So, <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, the first, my first entry into doing choreography for concerts was very theatrical. It wasn't. Mm dance. But then because of the tubes, I, I, you know, uh, uh, artists like Cher and Madonna and, and Stevie Nicks, so, uh, uh, all kinds of different pop artists at that time kind of saw my work there in my early video. And, and I found myself in not only choreographing uh, uh, early uh, music videos, but also being asked to participate in the development of concert tours. Right, right. Yeah. And then you started to transition into film work and one of your very first gigs, if not your very first in the film industry was collaborating on the choreography of Xanadu with a gentleman named Gene Kelly, who yeah. I feel like had to, is pretty, we can pretty safely say it was the world's leading expert on sort of creating and performing yeah. dance for the screen. Right. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you remember as being the kind of biggest lessons you learned as you worked with him and kind of choreographed this uh, piece that involved roller skating, by the way. Yeah, I love roller skating. I was I was one of those guys that was, you know, going to the clubs to, to roller disco, oh. and skating through the parks. And I was, was right up your alley then. And, and Tony yeah. Basil, who was one of my great mentors, choreographer Tony Basil, yeah. she, was, she was doing the rose and I was assisting her on the road. Right. Said, I'm far too busy to do this film. Uh, I want to introduce you to Joel Silver and 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 uh, Lawrence Gordon, and 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 maybe you'll do this film. Well, it was just a roller skating movie. It was no Olivia, no Gene. No, there was no one in. Oh. So it was a little movie. Huh. And then suddenly, you know, I get the call. Oh, Olivia Newton-John is going to be in it. And and I'm like, ah, how do you choreograph a movie? And then I get a call. Gene Kelly is considering uh, taking a role in the film. However. Even though he's not going to dance and made it very clear that there's no dancing for, he'll want to sign off on the choreographer. Oh. <laughs> what a way to break into the movie. Yeah, wow. Well, uh -huh. I was a huge fan of his for my entire life. We became yeah. friends and and uh, very good friends. He became like a second father to me and, and, and a mentor. And, and, and uh, you know, one of the greatest gifts that Gene shared with me was his, you know, whole concept of designing choreography for the camera. Hmm. And also the importance of having a reason for being that lives at the center of everything that you do creatively. Uh, so when you can barely get out of bed in the morning and, and, and crawl into your shoes, that, that, that you feel 
you know, a passion for what it is that, that you're doing. And he, he was so inspirational. Tell us a little bit more about what you mean and what it means to you to design dance for the camera. What, how do you think about that? And how is that different from designing dance for the sure, stage? Sure. Well, as a youngster, and I did, I did a lot, I did theater in school. I did theater all up and down the San Francisco Bay Area in, in, in a number of different theaters. I did children's theater. I did musical theater. I was an apprentice backstage, you know, and, and so I worked in the round and I worked in proscenium and I worked in black box. And so, um, yeah. And, and, and then, and then suddenly, you know, I was getting ready to do a movie and I had no background in, in, in film choreography. And Gene pulled me aside and he said, you know, if you're ever going to realize, you know, your goals as a choreographer for film, you're going to have to be responsible for where the camera is. And you can't be letting, you know, every person that brings you on as a choreographer just make those choices for you. Right. You, need, you, you need to learn how to design your choreography for the camera and you need to pitch that and put that forward. And that's not that you're not going to get director involvement or input, but you need to have a real point of view. And so he took me through all of his films and he wow. broke them down. I mean, we sat in his living room and he broke down these films and he said, you see why I did that? And you see, why? and, and then, um, I was given the opportunity to choreograph the only duet in, in, in Xanadu with Gene Kelly and Olivia Newton-John. And he basically put a, a, a stopwatch around my neck and a viewfinder around my neck. And, and he closed the soundstage and the two of us went in there and it was the first, uh, my first time designing choreography for the camera and directing a musical number for film. Wow. <laughs> Film performance. And, yeah. You, you know, new kid on the block. So it, what a golden guy and a loving yeah. guy. He, really tremendous. And what have you discovered works on screen that does not work, that you cannot do on stage, that you could never do on stage? Well, I think you can pop in. But mm. we've seen West Side Story now, the new version of West Side Story do that. Mm -hmm. you know, what once was is no longer. I loved that production so mm. much, this sort of merging of cinema and live theater, you know, yeah. um, uh, and, and, and the performance of Isaac Powell was just like the most incredible turn on the character of Tony. So smart and brave and bold and courageous. And, and yeah. I read stories, you know, that Sondheim was in, in rehearsals watching him and, and allowed right. that, you know, to, to, to be born. Um, but, I, you know, I would say in the past, you know, mm. that there are certain angles, obviously, in, 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 a, in a proscenium theater, a traditional, you know, not the circle and the square, but a traditional theater in New York, right. you know, you're not getting the back unless everyone's turning around. You're not getting pro, you know, and you're not going in. Yeah. You're not seeing little things, little tiny things, perhaps, that, that would go past you. Um, on a stage, unless you came back to see it again and again, or in a film, you can go in on a glance, on a look, on mm. a look, you know, yeah. and, um, yeah. And what's your, do you have a, a, a theory on how often, uh, the camera should sort of cut away or switch shots because many people who are dance fans who watch certain dance scenes, uh, you know, on screen, uh, complain that they feel like they can't see the dance because there's so much cutting and, you know, shifting and uh, shifting. Uh, uh, watching some 
uh, uh, film that, that where that where there's so many cuts. Yeah, so yeah. I had to put my head down like I'm on a wild Disney ride. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm an old school. Um, yeah. You know, and, and that's not to say that I haven't. You know, I, I feel that you know that that, that the that the the scene, the dance, the story that you're trying to get across. You know, what your ambition is has a lot to do with your cutting pattern. Yeah. Um. And and that you know you know cutting the music. You know, um, I, I think it's fine for music video and perhaps for some sort of m- moments in a film. But I use music and dance and film to tell story, you know, to move character forward right. um, to to, you know, uh, by by the end of a musical number. And, and, and most of my work, you're somewhere you weren't before it started. So, you know, cutting is I'm real careful about that yeah. I work with a, a wonderful editor, uh, Don Brochu, who I've worked with for the last eight films that I've done. And, and, um, and he too, you know, was a big fan of, 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 of the old school, which is like, let, let, let the dance, pre, pre, you know, prevail, uh, yeah. uh, you know, allow the scene to take, you know, to take form. Don't be in such a rush or insecure that your audience can't sustain their disbelief and just hang with you. Yeah. It seems to me that the uh, what you're saying about uh, you know moving a character forward and moving a story forward is theater right there. That's also what makes mm. a dance sort of theatrical. Does that would did that come out of your theater base? Do you think? Uh, yeah. that that- yes, and also you know uh, in working alongside uh, certain directors along the way that also uh, had an appreciation for theater, working with people like Michael Jackson, who had an incredible sense of theater and appreciation and respect for, for theater, yeah. uh, working with directors like Emil Ardolino when we did Dirty Dancing. Every dance in that movie had a reason for being there. There was just no, in, in, you know, and, 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 uh, and, and working with Francis Ford Coppola and John Hughes, hmm. yep. we did together in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Right. Uh, um, I learned a lot in TV from Don Misher. I, I, I learned a lot, you know, and, and again, that's not to say that something can't just sort of slide in, you know, and, and, and happen that, 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 that has no rhyme or reason that as a zany and, and, and fun sort of intrusion right. but for the most part in, 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 in my work, you know, uh, uh, it is to advance storytelling. And yes, that for sure was cemented in me from my early days in theater. Yeah. And what, um, looking back on some of your uh, the some of the projects you've worked on for film and TV, what are some of your favorite da- dance sequences and why? Mm, just you know, sometimes it wasn't even dance; it just felt like dance. The rhythm in this in a scene. You yeah. Know, uh, when I worked with Amy Sherman Palladino and Dan Palladino, who now have the glorious Ms. Mizell. Yeah. Tremendous, tremendous mastery. Uh, 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 that, 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 that they produce and direct and write. Uh, when I worked with them on Gilmore Girls, I mean, they said, we love working with choreographers as directors. You know, uh, uh, back in the day, I mean, there were producers that said, we don't think choreographers necessarily make great film directors. So, you know, uh, uh, Amy brought me in and, and she, you know, she inspired me to look for the rhythm in the scenes and the musicality in the scenes. And so that was really fun working on Gilmore Girls. So even though it didn't break out into dance um, uh, for the most part, it, it, it moved like a dance. Um, my favorite dance scenes that I've been a part of, I mean, I think that there are some in a few, uh, Ferris Bueller for sure, uh-huh. even though that is more staged and less, you know, sort of dance. Uh, uh, that was just my very, very first directing job in a motion mm-hmm. picture. I was the second unit director yeah. to do a parade sequence with, you know, thousands of people 
had 14 cameras at one shot, one turn. And John Hughes was like, you can do it. <laughs> and he gave me the privilege and, and the opportunity to do something that I had never done. And yeah. so I would have to say that reigns among the top and everything in Dirty Dancing. Working yeah. with Emil and Jennifer and Patrick and Cynthia. Oh, man. What on that mountain, you know, away from the world and, and, and just invested, you know, in, in the story and in the work. And that was glorious. I'll have more with Kenny right after the break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And now, here's more with director and choreographer Kenny Ortega. Let's talk a little bit about Julie and the Phantoms. Um, what, first of all, what interested you about the project when they came to you with it? Uh, I, uh, I'd heard about it um, as a successful kids' television program in Brazil called mm-hmm. Julie e os Fanta- Fantasmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was pitched to us by George Salinas, one of our executive producer partners, uh, to Dan Cross and Dave Hoge. My agents wanted us to, to, to work together, um, and, and they pitched this project. And in its simplest form, I liked the idea. Mm. And, and then, and then we were told right off that we had complete freedom, no boundaries, that we could make any choices, that we could take this in a direction, you know, of our own. And that was it. You know, I just I thought, great. You know, we have a, a, a two guys that I can't wait to collaborate with, and an idea in, at its base I love. Um, and the, the freedom to be wild and, and inventive. Yeah. And what? how is it like other work that you've done previously? And how is it not like the work you've done previously? Well, I haven't done a series previously. I mean, yeah. although I've directed series. The last mm-hmm. time I executive produced and directed a, a, a series was back in the 80s, a, a series called Hull High that I did with, um, uh, it was uh, ABC. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And, and so it's been a long time since I've sort of been helming a, a, an entire series. Yeah. And, and so it was like doing three movies. Uh, yep. On a, on, one, on a one movie budget. Right. Of course. <laughs> it, it had its challenges. And, and, and also we were working with, you know, in, in some cases, children. Mm. Alison Reyes has just turned 15. Yeah. And Sasha, 16. And, and uh, Jada Marie, 14. And yeah. so, you know, you're working with, with, with special hours and requirements to make sure that, that the safe is, that the, that the set is safe yeah. um, and, and that you're not wiping people out, but yet at the same time wanting to be ambitious and do something that, that that's going to work. Right. And tell us about the music and the musical sequences uh, in the show. They're a lot of them are sort of, they are performing in the world of the piece, right? They're not sort of more traditional musical theater dances, although there are some of those too as they move along. It, yeah. Although uh, they all have sort of character beats or moments that uh, I feel like was part of the math of you putting those sequences together. Tell us about sort of how you thought about those sequences and how they exist in the world of the piece. Uh, you know, back when, my, when I started uh, with High School Musical with Gary Marsh at the Walt Disney Company, 
we came in, uh, Bill Borden and, and Barry, uh, Barry Rosenbush and, and I came in and we pitched High School Musical. And, and, and Gary, who was the president of the Disney Channel at that time, said, I've been waiting for four years for the right idea and the right people to come before me. And he said, Kenny, I have such an appreciation for you and what you do. And, and he said, you know, how do you turn this into a musical? What, what would be your process? And I said, well, we would just we would we would look through this book and, and we would create an arc of where we feel music is best suited to be able to move story forward, to create surprise, to raise the stakes, to you know, move our characters forward and, to, and to, to evolve this story in a way that, that music could do wonderfully. And he said, let's do it. And, and at that stage, I worked with a, a, um, the music uh, supervisor at the Disney Channel and and we created a, um, an arc. And, and that became the, the way in for me with all of these films, for all three High School Musical and Descendants and with Julian the Phantoms. Yeah. Where we sat down, I, I, I built a, a, a an arc, shared it with everybody, got right. put, and then we went out to a, a group of, of, of writer producers, songwriter producers. Yeah, yeah. And we should say that there it feels like there are at least two original songs per episode right i mean there's there's no shortage of original music in uh no. in Julie the phantoms uh, the album has 15 original songs but oh, yeah. there are at least two musical original musical moments in every half hour episode yeah yeah and you were talking about the cast and the the youth of the cast and they are very believably sort of youthful are they are they younger than the high school musical cast at the time when you first started working with them uh well actually right about the same age yeah right yeah. about the same age found them differently um but yeah but but took the, the same amount of time to to be certain that, that that they were the right group of people yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. Actually, that was my next question was about casting. And, you know, Madison uh, Reyes, who's the who's Julie, is a total newcomer. Yeah. Total newcomer. Well, first of all, every every song that you hear is them. Uh, right. I wanted to, uh, when I pitched this, the idea with Dan and Dave to Netflix, we said, we don't want to just come to you with a series. We want to come to you with a touring opportunity. We want to come to you with something that, that that's bigger than just, you know, a, a series and they loved it. And they were like, we're so ready for that. And, and but how are you going to do that? How are you going to find kids that can play and right. sing and also deliver the emotion and good humor, you know, uh, of what you're pitching. And I said, we will, it's what I do. It's what yeah. I do most, you know, and yeah. stop until we find it. And, and with Madison, we had a, you know, a, a whole open call. We saw a lot of young girls, many of which we brought into um, the final testing phase, but I, I wasn't certain. And, 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 and so my casting agents, uh, my casting directors, uh, Lapador and Hart sent out a thousand letters all across North America, Canada and the U S to uh, high schools of the performing arts. And, and, and just basically said, we're looking for a young Latina to play the lead in a music driven series. And, uh, uh, and, and my, Agents called me and said, sit down. We found your Julie. And I wanted a Julie from the block. I wanted a girl that was just relatable, but that also had all, all the gifts. And I sat down. She'd never been in front of a camera before. She'd never been in a recording studio before. She never did a self-tape before. She had no idea of the process. So she learned everybody's lines. Oh, wow. And, and huh. drug her electric piano out onto her porch and and plugged it in 
She sang a song from Waitress and told her parents to be quiet. And then as she walked out, she started to deliver her lines. And then you could see her hearing the lines, but, but there was no one speaking them. Wow. Here we're doing a story about a girl and three ghosts. And I thought, this is it. <laughs> the girl to beat. And she, she did. She did it. She brought it to the table. Yeah. You alluded to this as being a thing that you do, but it is. You find you have more than once found young, talented performers, including Zac Efron or Vanessa Hudgens in, in High School Musical. What is or can you characterize in general the kind of spark that you look for in these young performers? Again, theater background, my theater background. Yeah. The patience that was taken, you know, by directors and, and, and to, to, to put together an ensemble, you know, and, and, and not rushing. And I remember auditioning myself. When I auditioned for the musical Hair in 1970 in San Francisco, I stood in line for five hours. Yeah, wow. And I got called back over three months. You know, and 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 but what what I came to appreciate was what the value of what the end result became. Right. You know, and, and so you know, in the beginning, I'd get a lot of I'd get in a lot of trouble from agents that would say, "What the hell is he doing in there? He's had these actors in there for six hours. They've got other stuff to do." But then the actors were calling their agents, going, "It was the most incredible audition I've ever been to. I've never been asked for more. I've never, you know." And, and so for me, I, it's taking my time and looking for the promise, you know, looking for the promise, looking for partners, looking for young people that are going to be brave and are going to spill it and bring something to the day and yeah. generous. And, and I look for that and, and, and who want to grow and who want an experience and are willing to learn. And, and you know, that, that. Yeah. We should also add that uh, in addition to the uh, new faces that a lot of people won't recognize, a lot of theater people in particular will recognize Cheyenne Jackson, who shows up in multiple episodes and has the closest thing to a real sort of Busby Berkeley musical number, right? Yeah. Uh, tell us about tell us about that casting and kind of the role yeah. he plays. Well, in you know, uh, uh, oh, Cheyenne played Hades and Descendants three, our last our last uh, uh, movie. Of- right. Yeah. And I was already a huge fan of Cheyenne's. I've seen him on Broadway. I've seen him on television. He was in Xanadu, in fact. Yes, and I saw that. And and laughed as hard as anybody in the audience, believe me. (laughs) That uh, when I heard he was coming in to read for Hades, I I forewarned everyone. I was like, it's going to be over when this guy comes in. Get ready. He's going to bring it all. He's going to bring the charm. He's going to bring the mystery. He's going to bring the elegance. He's going to bring it all, all the dimensions that you could possibly ask for, you know, uh, in an antagonist character that has to sing. And and he did. And he got the role. And he was an absolute joy to work with. Everyone fell in love with him. Uh, the young kids were just in awe of, of his approach to the work. And so when Julie and the Phantoms came along and, and, and we created and developed an antagonist for Cheyenne, uh, um, I mean, the character was developed for him. Right. And so we just went to him. I did. And I called him up and I said, I have a role that I would love for you to do. And and uh, and we sent it to him. And, and yeah, he was again just and, and we got to spend a lot of good time with him because he's throughout the, you know, uh, the majority of episodes. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that uh, there is the thinking that should everything fall into place, you could uh, take this group of people on tour, mm-hmm. in concert tours, how would you think about staging 
how would your staging for the concerts differ for the things that you did on screen? Right. Uh, you know, we did it with High School Musical. Yeah, right. And it was very successful. You know, uh, we sold out arenas all across the United States faster than any pop group that summer and broke Madonna's merchandising records. <laughs> and, 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 and what we did was we just took, you know, uh, um, you know, we just played with some of the themes from the movie. Sure. But also enjoyed, you know, putting on a good rock and roll concert. Um, and, 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 it, and it just worked. And, um, and, and, then I, and then I got the call and, and they, were, they told me, you know, we, we want you to go to South America, but you don't have time to do uh, 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 arenas. But we've been told you could sell out stadiums, you know, and, and we went to South America and I had to transition now what was a, an, an arena show into a stadium production with oh, wow. video screens. And, and, and we were playing to uh, um, two nights at 75,000 people in Buenos Aires and 93,000 people in, in, um, in San Paulo, Brazil. So I've had a little experience kind of going from movie uh, to stage. And I think with Julie and the Phantoms and with technology as it is today, man, can we have a ball in, in, in what we could do there. Yeah, yeah. Of course, any plans for that will have to wait for a while until it's safe for all of us to be in a in a um, in a concert setting. But I wonder if I'm sure you've seen a lot of theater folks are sort of turning to uh, digital, recording themselves digitally for screen for these sort of creative projects. And I wonder if any of the experience you have with taking stage theatrical forms and putting them on screen might translate into any sort of advice that you might have for artists who are, uh, you know, starting trying to think about themselves. Initially, they began as theater actors, and now they're thinking of themselves as sort of recording for the screen and performing for the screen. I mean, just think about Dame Ed. I mean, there's so many, there's mm. so many great theater actors. I mean, Angela Lansbury, Raul Julia, Cheetah Rivera, Kristen Chenoweth, Cheyenne Jackson. Mm. I mean, there's Ben Platt. I can't wait to work with Isaac Powell. I am just, I'm going to find mm -hmm. something just for him and call him one day and say, will you please come and play this role in a film? Yeah. Uh, I, I was a theater actor. It's, it, 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 I, I think it's the most natural place to find actors for film and television. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the foundation for the, a lot of the people you yeah, work with. It yeah. Seems like. and, and, yeah. you know, they know how to pull back. They know about dynamics you know, right. theater is all about dynamics. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. You know, there was a day where, you know, I remember, I mean, as a young actor myself in theater, where, you know, you didn't dare hire a theater actor to be in a film or a television show, you know, and now they're everywhere. They're right. Everywhere. You right. know, study hard, you know, work with a lot of people, you know, get, you know, and get into theater, uh, uh, any theater, off, yeah. off, 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 in the back alley of some, just do it. and. Um, yeah. And yeah. Any advice? Not really. I mean, I think studying with, with, with teachers that know both film and theater techniques, mm -hmm. good thing. Like Lynn Handman, who we just lost, who was oh, yeah. one of the greats. Yeah. 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 And so what's on your plate these days? You've got this show launching. Uh, this episode is going to come out. The show will be launching in about a week after this, uh, this episode comes out. Um, and what else is on your plate? Uh, I'm developing a musical for Kristen Chenoweth. 
I'm in Las Vegas right now, and I'm really excited because 15 years ago, we did something here that had a real big impression. You know, I did the Bellagio Fountains, you know, the first choreographer of the Bellagio Fountains, which is this great public theater in Las Vegas. And, and, and another public theater that I took part in is called the Lake of Dreams at the Wynn Hotel. And I just came together with the great puppet master, Michael Curry, and lighting designer, Patrick Woodruff. And we've created an all brand new outdoor living theater extravaganza, multimedia, musical driven show uh, that will be opening on the same day as Julie and the Phantoms is premiering on Netflix. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Have you, throughout all of this and all your work in, in Hollywood, have you ever thought to yourself, oh, maybe someday I might like to come back to the theater and direct and choreograph there? Yes. Yes. And what would be the thing that would uh, get you there, do you think? Well, you know, I did it back in the 80s, and, and, and I was just a little too anxious to do it. It was just the, 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 the greatest wish of my life, you know, was, and, and I just came into a situation where we just didn't have it all there. It just wasn't there. The concept was there. The idea was there, but, but, it, but it wasn't solid. It wasn't, and, and so, you know, what I'm good at is, is lifting stuff off of a page, you know, and, 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 and being inspired from the page. And it, and it wasn't on the page. And, and so what I'd be looking for is, is, is a real solid book, you know, somebody coming to me, not just with a really good idea or with a really good idea, but bringing in Harvey or somebody that's going to turn it into a piece of magic as a book. Um, and, and then, man, I would, I would, I would race, you know, to, yeah. to, to have an opportunity to do some musical theater. Are there musicals in the canon that you would like to take a crack at as a on stage as a director choreographer, or either on stage or on film as a director and choreographer? Yes, but I can't mention them right now. Why not? Are you thinking about them? <laughs> because I because I don't want to like blow it. Because okay, <laughs> I'm in I'm in conversations, you know, about 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 some films. I must say, I am so excited to see. And I cannot wait for In the Heights to hit the screen. Cannot mm-hmm. wait to see what Stephen did with West Side Story. Yeah, I'm so excited about the future of musicals for film and how we're having how they're how they're back. You know, yeah. uh, uh, it, it, it's so thrilling. I mean. I know that eventually Wicked is going to come to film, and I hear the Prom is now uh, uh, going to come to the to Netflix, and yeah. it, it's very, very exciting. And and I would love nothing more than to be able to do you know a full on original musical. Yeah. Well, we look forward to seeing what's next from you, both on screen and maybe on stage. We're we're looking out for it. Thank um, you so much. Yeah, thanks so much, Kenny. Thanks for joining me. It's been a joy. That was Kenny Ortega, whose new series, Julie and the Phantoms, debuts on Netflix September 10th. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of StageCraft, please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and you can subscribe and find past episodes there and on all the other pod places, including Spotify and on the Broadway Podcast Network, which is a great place to find more theater for your ears. I'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. Thanks for listening, and see you soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 